0: The second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. Amen. The second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. And would everyone please stand for the reading of God's word. In the 12th chapter of 2nd Corinthians, I want to, to put our emphasis today on a passage of scripture starting at verse 7. Starting at verse 7. Oh. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. On this Lord's Day, I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought when weakness is God's will. When weakness is God's will. As we look at the context of this passage of Scripture that we're dealing with today, Paul the Apostle is talking to the church at Corinth, about an experience that he has had a man at being taken to the third heaven. A man, he has saw some things that he cannot tell the church about. Paul, with his usual humble style, says, in third person, that a man was taken to the third heaven. But we know that he was referring unto himself. And he he saw some things, amen, the abundance of revelation, amen, that he mentions in verse 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Paul saw some things that no one else had seen. And that Paul was beginning to understand that the understanding and the revelations that he'd been given by God could cause him to be arrogant. Well, wow. because if you look carefully at the text, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, unless I should start reading my own clippings, Amen, unless I should start patting myself on my patting my own back according to the things that God has shown me. Unless I should start feeling and believing, that I'm more special than anyone else. He says that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. It was given to him, he said, a messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest I be exalted above measure. Paul says, because of the things that I've been gifted with, I realize that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He understood the words of Jeremiah when he said that, that he realized that in our own giftedness, we can become conceited and arrogant. We can become ones who look toward the inside until it's people who look up. We can begin to believe that we're something special above other folks because we can do some things that other people can't do. We can think thoughts that other people can't think. But in Paul's case, the revelation was so excellent that God knew that he would have to deal with Paul in a special way. And Paul says that he was given a messenger of Satan. Some interpretations say that this was one of Satan's imps that was there to buffet him. The whole idea of buffeting means to beat. It has the idea of giving one a black eye. So Paul was being beaten by some messenger in some way, a man that caused him to give us the metaphor of a thorn in the flesh. Wow. Something that constantly bothered him that constantly caused him to be in a state of immobility or or to be crippled in some way. We don't know exactly what this crippling was, but we know that it was a crippling. It was an inhibition. It was something that caused him to not be able to do all he wished to do. So when we look at the text, we realize that the reason why this was here is to keep him humble. And today I want the saints of God to know that God will have to do that in our lives if he has not already done it in the lives of his children. Because if everything is going really well in our lives, there is no problems, amen. That is in the time at which we get most deceived. It was, remember, in the Garden of Eden when everything was perfect that the serpent beguiled Eve. It was in the Garden of Eden when Adam also ate of the forbidden fruit along with his wife. It is in the times when everything is going well when we can be deceived and fooled into believing that we are stronger than what we really are. We can be fooled into believing things that are not so. Even in my own life, it has been in the times when everything was going well when I thought that I was strong enough to get right up on the edge of sin but not get burned. Well. And I'm sure there are saints of God's in this house today that can tell the same testimony about how at some time thought we were strong enough to get right up on sin and not fall in just to find out that when we got to that place, we were far into sin instead of being outside. Right. So our hearts is deceitful and desperately wicked who can know them. Our hearts deceive us into believing that we're stronger than what we are. So God brings infirmity. God brings affliction. God brings handicap into our lives to keep us humble. So saints of God, when you look at the things where you are weak and others are strong, don't look at them as curses, but look at them as blessings. Because in your handicap becomes humility. Look at the text. When we look at the text, we find that concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul understood the power of prayer and so should every saint of God, a man that we ought to always pray. Paul the apostle knew if there was going to be an answer to his problem, it was going to come from the Lord. Amen. So Paul got in a quick fast and a hurry to start pleading with the Lord to remove this thorn from him. The pain and the anguish of whatever this thorn, messenger of Satan that was doing, buffeting him, he wanted the Lord to give him some comfort, to give him some relief. I, I say today that that is good news because that is the pattern we should have as well. Because we don't know that if in our issues, amen, that the particular issue we have, God is willing to heal. But one thing we're going to know for sure, if we get into dialogue with God, he will answer prayer. His answer is not always yes and it's sometimes no. And then every now and then it's wait on it. But if you don't pray, you can't get in dialogue. If you don't get in dialogue, you can't get an answer. So men ought to what? Always pray. So it's a good thing that he prayed the Lord three times, amen, regarding his infirmity because his infirmity brought him closer to God. And saints of God, that's what our problems in our life ought to do for us. It ought to bring us closer to the Lord. It ought to send us quick, fast, in a hurry into prayer going to the master who can do something about our issues. Remember our story in, in um, Second 2 Chronicles chapter 20 when we were talking about Jehoshaphat. When he was surrounded by those three nations that was coming to destroy them. He didn't look around and start looking for soothsayers. He didn't look for politicians. He didn't even look for the uh, Israeli military might. But he went immediately unto the Lord. Amen. See, our best... Defense against anything is God Almighty. Amen. And so when we look at the text, we see in verse 9, he said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may be resting on upon me. Isn't that interesting? That when the Lord answered his prayer, his answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. By implication, the master said, no. He said, I know this thorn that you have in your flesh. Because I am the reason why you have it. Satan did not have the opportunity to do this to Paul on his own. He had to pass through the allowing hand of God. There is nothing that any of us go through that God does not know about. God is not in heaven looking around saying, oh my God, I missed that issue. In Sister Louse's life. Oh my goodness, the car wreck that this person had in their life, or all oh, the aches and the pains that Mother Collins had in the sickness, he's not missing anything. My. Amen. All of it has to go through the allowing hand of God. Well. Whether it's job loss or whether it's it's sickness or whether it's relationship problems. It all has to pass through the master's hand. But God is saying to us in this text as well as to Paul that his grace is sufficient even then. Even when you're dealing with issues that you cannot see your way through, his grace is sufficient. Amen. There is, a, there is an acrostic that we use with the word grace and we have the G to say God, the R, resources, the A, add, the C, Christ, the E, expense. God's resources at Christ's expense. God's resources at Christ's expense, no matter whether we're up or we're down, is enough to get us through. Wow. Even if we can't see it, When God's resources at Christ's expense are with us, we know that we can make it through. You have to understand in the problems of life, when things are not going your way, that God still knows the answer to your problem. And it just may be that God has set up this problem for you that you can learn how to trust in him. Because when we're on the mountaintop and everything's going smoothly, we can tend to trust in ourselves and not in the Lord. Our prayer life starts to fall off and our thinking of God and then the riches of life and the concerns of this world starts to carry us away from church, away from the assembly of God and into the world. But God can send in some issues of life that will send us running back to the throne of grace. So when we look at our text, we find that his grace is sufficient because he says, my strength. He's talking, the Lord is talking here. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. What is the master saying here? The master is saying to us that his strength is made complete in weakness. If a saint of God is ever to see the full throttle of God's power in our life, it has to be when our tanks are empty. It has to be when we're at our lowest, God's at his highest. Amen. When our RPM's on zero, God's is on 5,000. Amen. We must realize that God is looking to be all in us that we cannot be in ourselves. And when we're reading our own clippings and when we're patting ourselves on the back, we are saying, God, I got this. Thank you, but no thank you. But the Bible says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but at any time in my life, I do not want the Lord resisting me. Because the resistance of the Lord pushes us down and slows us and immobilizes us and puts us in a place that we can do nothing. I want the grace of God working in my life so I can move forward in the ministries and in the methods and the destiny that God has set for me. And every child of God must realize that it, without God we can do nothing, amen, and that if we're all going to do something for the Lord, it must be by the power of his might. Oh, last week I talked about the prophet Zechariah. He said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's by the spirit of God that we're going to do any kind of ministry. If in our outreach, if we're going to reach some folks for the Christ, we have to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't come with fancy words, with with pretty setups, but we must come by the spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the Lord has to set forth the the table. He has to make it the dine sufficiently. Even though we are going to feed folk physically, God's got to do the feeding spiritually. Amen. So when we look at the text, he says, Paul, in answer to, to the God's response, he says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. Saints of God, when we look at the weaknesses in our life, and everybody has them, amen. amen. When we look at the things that we cannot do in our own power, let us change our mindset from I can't to He can. Yeah. Let us remember that though we are weak, yet He is strong. Well, I can't speak eloquently like an eloquent speaker. You can't, but God can. Uh Well, I don't know the Bible like a theologian. You can't, but God, what? Can. Uh Well, I don't know what to do in dealing with this kind of person or that kind of person. You can't, but God can. Uh See, this story, this text is all about realizing that it wasn't about us in the first place. It was all about God. God is continuing to remind us that this work, this mission, this life is not our life, but it's the exchange life, his life for ours, our life for his. It is Christ who died that we might live. If he had never died, we would be burning in an everlasting hell. So we might as well get it straight right now that it is the Lord and not us. We ought to change our ways from saying I can't to that he can And then we will realize that we're going to be working not in our power, not in our might, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And as we look at our text and I get ready to come to a close, that the power of Christ may rest upon us. If we're going to do something for the Lord, we've got to have Christ's power working on the inside of us. We can't go out there any kind of way, but we must pray that the Lord rests upon us, that he anoints us to do his holy will. We're not out here to show how big and bad we are, but we're out here to glorify God. We're out here to lift up the Lord because the Lord said, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. See, that's not our job, is to draw folks to us. Our job is to lift up Christ and he will draw all men unto him. In verse 10, we see, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Paul lets us know that he realizes that if the mission of the master is to be done in him. Then he must be content in being less than he wants to be. Every born again believer in this house today must learn to be content in whatever state that you are in. You may not be the best speaker. You may not be the best singer. You may not relate to children the way you think you ought to. You may not relate to adults the way you want to. But remember to change your canes till He can. And praise the Lord in all that you do. Be not confident in your own strength, but be ye confident in. In the strength of almighty God. Though we live in a world. That's topsy-turvy. Though we live in a world. That's against our God. Remember the words of the psalmist. If God be for us. Who can be against us? Though life often tosses us. And drives us. Remember that we have an anchor that holds And his name is Jesus In the midst of our troubles and our trials We can say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee No other help I know If thou withdraw thyself from me So saints of God, as you go into the marketplace, saints of God, as you go into the streets, reach up high unto the Lord, and he will see you through. Keep on talking and keep on teaching, and watch the Lord show up and show out. He's all right, ain't he all right? the name of the Lord, for he wanted to be praised. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. At this time, we want to open the doors of the church. Amen. Because there just may be somebody here today who's trying to live life on their own who's trying to navigate the waters of this life and is finding dead ends. Today, I want to introduce you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is a lighthouse in the midst of a storm. If you need navigation, if you need to find a safe place, you must find it at the lighthouse. At the lighthouse, there is comfort, there is warmth. At the lighthouse, there is peace, and there is joy. This lighthouse's name is Jesus Christ. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He says, If anyone would open their door and let him in, he would sup with them, he would dine with them. Amen. He wants to be in your life. He wants to live in you and to make you what you cannot make yourself. The Lord requires that we come to him as sinners. Admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Open up your heart and let him in. God wants to make your way straight where it's crooked today. But God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. You must allow him into your life. Put down your ways and pick up Jesus. Let him be your guide. Let him be your life. And I promise you that you will never be the same again. Today is the day of salvation. You can come right now. In the name of Jesus. Somebody might be saying today, but I got to get myself together first. There's some things that I need to do. Well, today I want you to know that tomorrow is not promised. Your plans may be thwarted by your own demise. But while blood is running warm in your veins on today, let this day be a day of getting your business fixed with Jesus. And the good news that it won't cost you anything because Jesus has already paid it off. On that cross, almost 2,000 years ago, in a place called Golgotha's Hill, they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. From the third to the ninth hour, Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me. And at that ninth hour, he died with your sins and my sins on his shoulders. He paid the price that we could not pay. They took him down from that cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. And three days and three nights, it was early Sunday morning that he got up with all power in his hand. And Jesus now lives and he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. There may be somebody today that Jesus is calling your name. He's calling you to come today and to give your life and surrender unto him. Don't wait another minute, another second, another hour. Do it today. And truly give your life to him and he will make you brand new. It is the word of the Lord that God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died. Trust the Lord because he's able to do for you what you cannot ever do for yourself. Amen. Amen. None came, but there is still good, pretty, good room. Amen. Acknowledge that we are weak, but yet you are strong. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you continue to anoint our heads with fresh oil. Lord, continue to work on our hearts to give us strength and boldness to preach and to teach your uncompromising word. Because we live in a world that needs to be enlightened by your word because they are living in darkness. But Lord, I know that you said in your word where one could send a thousand to flight, two could send 10,000. So master, in the name of Jesus, I realize that this congregation can send so many thousands of flight if we just believe and trust in you. That if we just walk according to your mandates and your dictates, if we just walk in your power and in your might, Master, we'll see the world change in our communities. One by one, we will see lives affected for the kingdom of God. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we go to continue to pray for those who are sick and feed those who are hungry and witness to those who need to know of a living Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask that you continue to keep us in your loving arms and protection. Yeah. Keep us going up down these dangerous highways and byways. And Lord, we want to give you all the praise and the glory. Yeah. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah. And the whole church saying, Amen. Oh.